You know, running a business is hard enough, but it can be made even more difficult when you have to deal with naysayers and critics. Now, I travel to speak. I've been doing it a lot recently. And one of my favorite things to do is to sit and talk with all of the attendees around their business about what lights them up and what challenges they're facing. And one thing I'm hearing a lot lately is that they're frustrated and upset that their family and their friends just aren't supporting their business. And so I asked them, what kind of support are you not getting? And they say things like, well, you know, they're not sharing my products or my services on their Facebook page. And they say, ah, my friend, they just hired another blah, blah, blah. So like insert in blah, 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 whatever it is that the person telling me the story does. Or You know, my husband, he won't help me brainstorm ideas for my next offering or my family. They just won't listen to my podcast. And like, I kind of get that last one, guys. (laughs) But I have a little newsflash for you. Unless you hired them as your business team or your marketing team, your street team, your family, your partner, your friends, they are not obligated to promote your business or to use your products or to attend your events. I mean, that wasn't what made them your family or your friends or your partner in the first place. And therefore, it really shouldn't be a condition that keeps them in your life. Now, there is a difference between highly toxic people and people that are just not promoting or talking about your business. But it can definitely be frustrating when you keep hearing questions like, when are you going to get a real job? And when it seems like no matter what you say in response, your family, your friends, your partner, they just can't understand what it is that you do for a living. But if those comments keep happening, it may not be a lack of support problem. It might be a you problem. So Is there someone in your life who you feel isn't totally supportive of your entrepreneurial path? Are you giving them what they need to be able to support you? Is there anything that you can do differently so that they understand what it is that you do? Today, I dive into this so that you can learn how to communicate in a way that enables your entire network to provide you with meaningful support. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because, of, Rita, because of Rita, I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. Also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. I am on spring break. Rita took spring break. (laughs) I've always said that I was going to do it. This week happens to overlap with most of the spring breaks for the school system, and it's also my anniversary week as well. And so I thought it's a great time for me to actually completely disconnect for a few days from my business, but also to bring out of the vault 
an episode that actually, when I look at the statistics, not very many people have listened to. And that's because it's a much earlier episode, like episode 12. And I think we're on episode, I don't know, like 112 or something like that right now. So I mean, like, this is like 100 episodes ago, guys. So it's time to pull it out and re-air it. This episode focuses on how to handle people who don't support you in your business or believe in what you're doing, like how to navigate that situation, how to get the support that you really want. And the reason that I'm re-airing this particular episode is that on the 12th, April 12th, and by the time you hear this, that has passed, that was my actual anniversary date, my eighth wedding anniversary. And also Tuesdays are the day that my TV show airs. And if you don't know about the TV show, you can check it out in the show notes. It's the Read It Goodrose show. It's on our network, our TV network. But because it was on my wedding anniversary, my guest was my husband. My guest was my husband, Chuck. And we talked about his true feelings when I started my path as an entrepreneur. When I left my job as a lawyer and became an entrepreneur, he opened up and talked about how he really felt and how he was able to move and shift from worry to support and how I was the root cause of whether he worried or supported my vision. So we talked about that on the TV show. This podcast pulls out the overall lessons and threads from that. So it talks about exactly what to do if you're not getting the support that you want, where that might be coming from, and what to change or what to shift in your own self so that you can solicit the support that you want. And so I thought it was just a fitting episode to pull out of the vault, re-air this week. It pairs nicely, guys. It pairs nicely with the TV show. So if you want to meet my husband, if you want to see what he's all about, you can watch the replay and you can just, again, go click over on our TV network. It's in the show notes and find the Rita Goodrow show and you can see the replays of the episode so you can meet my husband and, and hear what he had to say about this. I also had Dr. Siobhan, who is a marriage coach, come on and really give some tips as well. But this episode, Standalone, is going to answer those questions for you. It's one of my favorites. I'm so excited to share it with you. And I'll be back live next week for another episode of the Rita Mimi Do It show. Right now, I am in my pajamas. I am under a blanket. <laughs> I have a glass of Pinot Noir, so you know I'm happy. And this one is from Honeymoon Vineyard. Now, this is a boutique vineyard, and it makes some of the best Pinot Noir I have ever had. In fact, they really only make Pinot Noir and Shiraz. So that's why I called it a, a boutique vineyard. I don't know if that's really a term or not, but that's what I've decided to call it. <laughs> and I thought it was really a perfect pairing for today's discussion, given my interview with Sean McMullen in the last episode, episode 11, where we talked about a variety of things regarding marriage and entrepreneurship and support. But what really seemed to strike a chord with all of you was when it came to the discussions around being in a relationship with someone who is not supportive of your entrepreneur lifestyle. And so I thought that was a good pairing. And also because Tara and Sean are still in their honeymoon phase. So about support, about love, about marriage, about honeymoon, nothing better than honeymoon vineyard Pinot Noir. <laughs> and again, just if you're, this is your first episode, I get no kickbacks. I am not an affiliate of the wines or the coffees that I pair my episodes with. I just think it's kind of a fun thing to do. And it mixes a little bit of my personal hobbies in with everything that we're doing here. But, um, so, the comments and the emails and the responses that I'm getting to the episode with Sean are incredibly fascinating. And they're actually a little bit heartbreaking, but 
all the time, they are completely relatable. (laughs) Not just by me, but I promise by so many people out there. And so I thought I would share one of the emails that I got that's kind of a sample of all of the feedback and responses that I've been getting. If you have not listened to episode 11 with Sean, just make a note of it. Go back to it. It was incredibly powerful. It was full of so many nuggets. Sean really opened up and he gave his perspective as someone who was a non-entrepreneur, who was in a relationship with an entrepreneur, who eventually got married to her, who then went into business with her and just kind of all of the mindsets and all of the issues that come along with it and some really great advice for people who are going through something similar on any of those ends, any of the spectrums. But I wanted to share this email because this really is representative of the types of responses that I've been getting since that episode. Rita, I am so grateful that you are discussing the topic of support in a marriage where one person is an entrepreneur and the other isn't. I started my business three years ago and I'm still struggling to get the support of my husband. I have to do things like hide the trainings I take. I can't even talk about it all to him anymore because if I do, he just rolls his eyes or he gets angry or he just says, go back to work already. Now, Rita, I love him. I really do. But I admit, like I felt lately, like maybe I need to leave the relationship. But a comment from Sean in that episode made me stop. And that was when Sean talked about how we communicate with our spouse. You know, it made me really think about my role in this. And while I'm not sure what the answer is, I feel like there's something that I can do about it. Thanks so much, KL in Fairfax, Virginia. You know, KL, thank you for sharing that. And I can tell you that from the other messages and emails and conversations that I've had, I know that you are not the only one. And that made me want to dive deeper into this topic in this episode from this perspective of what you can do and what you can control in a situation that feels kind of from the inside like you have no influence at all so that you can receive the support that you're craving. Now, DC PodFest also happened to take place on the campus of George Washington University, which is where I went to college, class of 98. I just dated myself, but you know, something about hail to the buff and hail to the blue. Those were our colors, right? And I think they picked those colors because it literally rhymed with GW, (laughs) like going to GW. But on the last night of DC PodFest, when the after party had ended, I took that time to walk through campus and I found myself, it was crazy, I found myself sitting on a bench outside of my freshman dorm, Thurston Hall, what, what? (laughs) So I was sitting outside of my freshman dorm and I was watching all, I want to call them kids, even though I know they're not kids, I want to call them kids, but I was watching all of these students just go about their night and wondering like how many of them felt like they know what's in store for them. Because I know I sure thought I did when I was there, their age, in that same place. You know, it was a pretty clear path. I was going to be a lawyer. And of course, that is the path that I followed until I decided not to. And while, yes, I have a husband who happened to be really supportive, that doesn't mean that I've just always experienced total support around my decision. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Even from my husband at various stages along this journey, from my family, I mean, even my mom just the other day, I asked her, 
if she would be on the show. I asked if she would be on this particular episode. And she said, Rita, you wouldn't want me to. And I said, why? Like, it's going to be fine. You're going to be great. And she said, no, you're not going to like to hear what I have to say. And that's actually kind of exactly why I wanted her on, because I felt like that would be the case. But I pressed her on it a little bit. I said, well, what is it that you would say? And she said, you know, while I know that your business is doing well, I still really wish, Rita, that you go back to working in a real job and use your law degree and go back to being a lawyer. And I've been at this now since, I don't know, for about the past seven years. I've been at this total for seven years, and my mother still feels that way, and it still comes up in conversation. So anyway, I say that because sitting on the bench in front of Thurston Hall took me down a really wild ride of thoughts, and it left me so appreciative of where I was, where I am, where I've been, and everything that's happened along the way, including the reaction I got when I told everybody that I was leaving the law to become a dating coach. You know, that reaction was, Rita, when are you going to get a real job? (laughs) You know, when I started my business seven years ago and took it full time five years ago, I heard that question all the time. And I still, like I said, I still hear it today. But it seemed like no matter what I said in response, my family and friends just couldn't. Or maybe it was that they wouldn't understand what I did for a living. So I would hear things like, What do you mean, Rita? What do you mean you can't come out to lunch or you can't come out to happy hour and meet us? You don't have a boss? Or um, Rita. It was always a Rita, since you don't work, (laughs) Rita, since you don't have a job, could you just, I was like the go-to, could you just run and pick this up? Could you just go run this errand? Could you make this call for me, right? Because you don't work, since you don't work, Rita. Or um, let's see, another one was, you know, Rita, you know, you have your entire day free. You have your entire day just free. And one of my favorites was Rita. Surely you had time to go to the grocery store or surely you had time to do the laundry. I mean, what did you do all day? Right. And at first I was really frustrated and I was put out by it all because running a business is hard enough. And there I was having to deal with naysayers and critics who kept telling me that what I was doing wasn't real. I mean, they were asking me when I was going to go get a job. They were trying to pull me away from my goals and they were trying to pull me away from my vision. And they were really talking me down instead of lifting me up. And I don't know how many of you might be in a situation like that now or whoever has been in a situation like that and can relate. But it's not a great place to be. You know, the people that you surround yourself with can make a huge difference to your productivity and your success. And mine, when I started my business, was really suffering because I was letting the fears and the doubts of family and friends become my own fears and my own doubts. And that just kept me stuck instead of moving forward. But, right here it comes, (laughs) but when it kept happening. When those kind of statements still continued to happen frequently, even after I had been in business for a while, I got that same feeling, like I'm pointing to my stomach. (laughs) I got this feeling in my stomach like I did on the day that I decided to go on 35 dates in 35 days. If you don't know what that is, you really need to go back (laughs) and listen to episode one. But trust me, it, there's like this feeling. It's the same feeling I have whenever I'm about to have a big breakthrough in anything. I had the same feeling when I started Singles in the Suburbs. 
I had the same feeling when I started my community, The All-In Entrepreneur. I had the same feeling when I changed my business name. I mean, this is the feeling. And so I had that feeling at a certain point after I realized people just weren't stopping. They kept asking me when I was going to go back to work, when I was going to stop playing around. And that feeling sat there. And that feeling basically was the thought, you know, of the only common denominator in all of the situations and the people who were asking me these things and saying these kinds of statements over and over was me. So I knew that I had to stop asking why this all kept happening to me and instead ask, why was it happening? And by rephrasing the question like that, right, when I ask, why is it happening to me? which is what I was asking. Why why does my mom keep saying this? Why does my sister keep doing this? Why why do my friends uh, keep acting like that? Why is it happening to me? That puts me in a victim mode because if it's happening to me, it means I can't control anything about it. And that's a terrible place to be in. But when I started asking just why is it happening, that meant that I had to go ahead and accept my role in all of that which is really empowering because it means that I have the ability to do different things to have a different outcome. So I had to take personal responsibility for why people weren't understanding what I did every day, why they didn't feel like I had a real job, why they felt like I should be able to just go out to happy hour in the middle of the day or do the laundry or do the dishes. I had to take responsibility for that. So when I put that question under a microscope, The reason became really clear. It was not a lack of a support problem. It was a miscommunication problem, mainly because I was minimizing my business. Are you doing that? Because I bet you might be. Do any of these scenarios apply to you? You have started a business, but you barely talk about your business, at least to your friends and to your family. And I mean, your non-entrepreneur, non-business owner friends, right? So you barely talk about your business to them other than to kind of say you've started one. In fact, you try to avoid talking to them about it at all because you just know that as non-entrepreneurs, they're really tired of hearing you always go on and on about it. And they really wish you'd talk about something else other than your business. So you just don't bring it up to them. And when you do tell people, it's always about what you are, meaning your title. Oh, I'm a social media manager. Oh, I'm a dating coach. Oh, because there's always an O. Oh, (laughs) I'm a bookkeeper. And about what you do. I help people reconcile their books or I help people write their online dating profiles. But you don't talk about the real value that you contribute and that bigger, lasting, ripple-affecting impact that you make. Now, maybe you do talk about it with some people and you find yourself saying things like, I love working from home. Oh my gosh, I love working from home. I love not having a real schedule. You know what? I don't even take a shower sometimes in the morning. I love not having to get dressed for my day. I just, I'm kind of in my pajamas and I'm just doing my work in my pajamas. Um, You know, I love sleeping in. I love not having a time that I have to wake up by. I do love that I can just take off in the middle of the day and go do whatever I want. Um, Maybe you get online and you talk about how, oh, you know, today I meant to do X, Y, and Z for my business, but then my dog or my kids or the weather, it just distracted me. And, you know, I'm just not 
feeling it today. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give myself some grace over that. And I'm just going to like sit over here and watch Netflix, right? So you're sharing all of that on social media. Now, maybe you're doing all of that or only a few phrases, but I guarantee you've probably done something like this at some point in your business building journey. But if that's you now, right, I want you to take note. Or are you answering calls from your spouse, your family, your friends, whenever they come in, no matter what time of the day they come in? Do you hop out at a moment's notice for a lunch or a happy hour and say things like, you know, I really love that I don't have anyone to be accountable to? Do you text your family and friends all day? Are you doing personal work during company time for your own business? You know, I know that at the beginning, I was doing many of those things especially like the no shower thing. (laughs) I will cop to that first. I would wake up. I would stay in my PJs. It would be like halfway through the day. I would say, gosh, I haven't even taken a shower yet. I was texting my friends. I was on Facebook for work, but I was really messaging a lot of my friends during the day. I was telling everybody that I loved this new schedule, which was really a lack of a schedule because coming from the lawyer world where I had a long schedule, we're talking like 12, 15 hour days, and I had to account for every minute of my day. I mean, I had to time track every minute of my day. So coming from that, I was like, wow, I love that I just have no schedule. Like, it's wonderful, right? You know, people heard me saying, I'm building my own business. I have a business and I'm building it. But what they saw was something completely different. They saw a girl who wasn't taking a shower. (laughs) They saw a girl who sometimes didn't leave her house. They saw a girl who was able to just text them and talk to them all day long. They saw a girl who said, yeah, I can just run out and meet you. Sure, no problem. I can go handle that chore because I wasn't taking my business seriously. So why would anyone else? You know, I wasn't making it easy for people to understand clearly what I did every day because I didn't understand clearly what it was that I was doing every day. You know, I didn't have a clear vision. I didn't have mapped out goals. I didn't have a concise strategy. I didn't even have a structure to my day. Right? I didn't have a routine. I I definitely wasn't connecting to that bigger impact, that ripple effect that I was making out in the world, but I was expecting somehow that they would. And so the minute that I took responsibility for helping the people in my life understand my business, instead of just assuming that they should, right, that they should just understand it, then everything changed. I was more productive because I took the energy that was expended on, you know, complaining about how all of these people weren't supporting me or weren't believing in me, and the energy that was expended feeling really frustrated about friends that weren't reposting my stuff or coming to my events, right? I took all of that energy that was being spent, you know, trying to rally my mom behind me or get my husband to understand what I did with my day, right? All of that energy that I was spending convincing everyone that what I was doing was real. And I took that energy and I poured it into making it real. Do you see the difference? I had been spending a lot of energy, a lot of time And when I was taking action, it was all about convincing people that what I was doing was real, but I wasn't doing anything to really make it real. So by taking all of that extra energy and pouring it into whatever I was doing, I was able to really make my business real. The minute that I did that, 
I connected to my business in a way that I had never connected before. That's where I developed that full faith, that full belief in it. And I backed all of that belief with even more action. And that's what allowed me to communicate and receive the support that I needed to move my business forward in really meaningful ways. I see this with so many members of the All In Entrepreneur, which if you don't know, is a free Facebook community that I run, or with people that I meet when I'm just traveling or I'm speaking or people call me and I just, this is something I see so frequently. And I'm going to tell you a story about one of my clients because, well, first, I believe in the power of a good story. I also believe that storytelling is one of the best ways to teach things, but I really believe that This story that I'm going to share with you is going to help highlight what I mean when I say there's a really good chance that it's not a support problem, but it's a you problem. So maybe it's time that you pour yourself (laughs) that second glass of wine and get under your own cozy blanket because we're going to have a real talk. And I mean, I hate that phrase. I'm just going to say that right there. I mean, real talk compared to all the fake talk I've been having. But you know what I mean. We're going to have one of those moments right now. So sit back and get comfy. So (laughs) I was in my first month of working with a client and we were supposed to be tackling like a challenge that she wanted to run. So she wanted to run this free five-day challenge to grow her business. And that's what we were supposed to be creating. But she called into her session completely distracted and really upset because she'd been fighting with her husband that entire week all because she didn't feel like he was supporting her business. And so she told me why she was really upset was because she hadn't done anything that she committed to doing on our last call together. So she felt like she just hadn't gotten anything done. And she said it was all because her husband's negativity was really impacting her. It was impacting her productivity, her, you know, her energy, her mindset, it, her focus. And she just wasn't sure what to do about it other then maybe shut down the business or start thinking about leaving the relationship. So I was like, let's slow roll that for a minute. (laughs) Like, Let's just not go down either of those paths right now, but let's have a real conversation about right now and what's happening. So I asked for details about what was making her feel like she wasn't getting support. And she said, you know, He's always hounding me every single day for really precise details about what I did that day. And he's asking constantly, have you made a sale? Did you make a sale today? Did you get a client today? And he said things all the time like, you know, it would be totally fine if you wanted to go back to work. I would not be upset with you if you shut this down and you wanted to find another job. He doesn't believe in me, Rita, and I don't think he believes that I can really do this, and it makes me feel unloved, and it makes me feel really hurt. And I totally got it, because I had been there before, right? Not just in the spurts with Chuck, like I talked about, you know, as I navigated different pieces of my business, but in the relationship with Aces for five whole years before that, that entire relationship that spurred 35 dates, and, you know, if I'm being truthful— It was even happening in the relationship before ACEs and probably the relationship before that. And while those weren't about entrepreneurship, there was a consistent pattern that I saw of feeling really unsupported and belittled by some of the most important people or who were supposed to be the most important people in my life. So I shared with her a revelation that I had thanks to my 35 dates and 35 days 
thanks to the date coaches I had for that. Also, thanks to some of the therapists that I've talked to over the course of my life. And, you know, the revelation I had was Chuck did love me. And it was exactly for that reason that he was asking me similar questions to what my client was telling me her husband was doing, right? Wanting to know what I did that day, wanting to know if I had made a sale, wanting to know if I gotten close to making a sale, and letting me know that it would be completely okay if I wanted to go back to work. Look, I mean, it really is a natural instinct for people who love you to want the best for you. And they want to be worried about you when it seems like things aren't going well because they love you and they want to take care of you. And they really do want everything that is the best for you. So that's when my client and I dug into the dirt. I mean, we got real deep into her dirt because we were uncovering and pulling out weeds that had just been crowding and taking up so much of her heart and her mind space. Now, Up to that point, I had heard all about what he had done, what he had said and what he didn't say, what he did, what he didn't do, you know, how he sounded, how he didn't sound. But now, now it was time for me to hear about her and what she was doing. Now, many of you have heard me talk about this kind of concept with money or with time. So what I mean by that is I'll tell people, look, I want you to just pretend that money is your romantic partner. And I want you to tell me about that relationship. (laughs) So how is money treating you? And boy, oh boy, everyone has no problem telling me exactly how money is treating or rather not treating them at all. But then I flip the script and I say, okay, but now what are you like to money? How good of a partner are you to money? Are you taking care of it? Are you nurturing it? Are you helping it grow? Do you answer the door when it knocks? Do you pay attention to it even when things aren't fun? Right? And that's where it's like a record just scratching. If I had a sound effect, I'd do it. It's like, right? And the conversation just stops. And that's kind of what I did right here with my client. I had heard about everything that her husband had been doing. But now it was time for me to hear what she had been doing. So here's what we dug up. (laughs) When he came home and he asked her how her day had gone, she would tell him everything that didn't go well. She would talk about the sales call that was full of value where she just poured her heart and her soul into it. And it ended with another no. She would talk about all the tasks that she wasn't able to get done because there were so many other things to do. And she was just so overwhelmed. And there was no way that this could work. She talked all about how there was just so much to do, but no real understanding of the best way to do it. She would tell him about the networking meeting that was a complete waste of half of her day. And then she'd talk about the social media posts that she was spending all of this time crafting that were getting no traction, no interaction. And he also, yeah, he also had front row seats. I mean, we're talking VIP and backstage pass access, right? Those were the kind of seats he had to all of her breakdowns about money and her consistent worry about bills and the ability to pay them or the lack of ability to pay them. And he heard all of her stories because she talked about it all the time about how other business owners were making money. They were getting clients. They were stepping into big opportunities. They were experiencing success. And he witnessed her frustration that it wasn't happening for her, even though, like she told him, I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything they are and I'm doing everything right. 
And when he did try to find out more about her vision for her business and, you know, the strategy that she was taking to make it all happen, the conversation was shut down and he was left in the dark. And I asked her, why? Why aren't you engaging with him in that conversation? And she admitted it wasn't because she was intentionally trying to leave him out, but it was because she didn't know how to answer. She didn't have a plan or strategy or long-term goals or even a defined short-term one, which was why she had just signed up to work with me. And I asked her to start by telling me what success really looked like in her business. I wanted her to really define for me what success looked like in her life and in her business in a tangible way that had nothing to do with income and had nothing to do with the number of clients that she was signing because you know, she didn't have any of that yet. We had just started working together. But I wanted to know how that success trickled out into other areas of her life. You know, what she said was true. Her husband, he only saw the bad. But when you pull back the lens on that and you look at the big picture, it was because that was all she was showing him. He felt uncertain about her business because she had no clarity around her vision or her strategy. He felt invalidated because his concerns were dismissed as being irrational. And he definitely felt isolated because he was not being included in the bigger vision, dream, the future. And so then, right, the next thing, and oh, trust me, I've been there and I know you've been there. In fact, I caught myself doing what I'm just about to tell you about. I caught myself doing it at DC PodFest (laughs) this past weekend. I mean, that was like 24 hours ago. I'll tell you the story really quickly. I was between sessions at DC PodFest, and someone came up to me to tell me how much they had really enjoyed my session. They complimented me. You know, they complimented me on my knowledge, and they complimented me on my speaking style and my speaking ability. And I heard myself say back in response, oh, really, it's nothing. It's not, it's not anything, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Total downplay. Have you been there? <laughs> you know, uh, I did it with a dress the other day. Wow, Rita, you look great. Your dress, your hair. Oh, this? Oh, you know, it's nothing. I didn't do anything. That the opportunity, wow, Rita, that was a really great opportunity. Such a big honor, right? Or hey, you <laughs> that think about an opportunity you've gotten. Wow, it was it's really exciting that you got selected for ABC. And you hear yourself going, Oh, that? Yeah, no, that just fell into my lap. I'm not really sure how that happened. And that's exactly where my client was. Anytime she really did have a win or she was gaining traction, she was making progress, and he tried to celebrate it with her, she would downplay it saying it wasn't anything big or she would explain why it just wasn't worth celebrating. Like, that's not a big deal. We don't need to celebrate that. That's nothing worth celebrating. And do you know why? You know, do you know why she was doing that? Why I did that at DC Podfest and why you're probably doing it or you've done it before? It's that fun little thing (laughs) that we like to call imposter syndrome. And my client definitely had a full-blown case of it. She didn't believe in her business. She didn't believe in herself. Really, she didn't trust in her ability to make it work. She didn't trust in her ability to take all the actions. And really what she didn't trust was her ability to navigate whatever resulted from taking the action. She was trapped under that 
well, who am I to, right? Who am I to do this? Who am I to do that? What makes me think that I can make this work story? And it was that lack of belief that kept her focused on what was not working. I bet that's happening to you too. If it's not happening now, I bet it has. I mean, it's happened for me. Because your brain, here's kind of how your brain is wired. It will always, always want to prove whatever you're thinking right. I mean, think about it. Why would your brain want you to be wrong? It doesn't. It's like, we got to be right. So whatever you're thinking, the brain's like, all right, let's just make sure that this is full on right. We don't want any room for mistake here. So it starts scanning your environment and looking for all of the pieces of information that will support the thought that you're having. So if you're in that swirl of who am I to, or I could never, or, you know, all of those other fun imposter syndrome thought tornadoes, then you're going to see the things that only prove those thoughts right. Meaning you'll be rooted in one place. Rooted means unable to move. (laughs) You'll be rooted in scarcity and you'll be rooted in comparison. Because, right, the reason your brain wants you to be in scarcity and it wants you to be in comparison is because it allows you to give up your responsibility for why it's happening. You know, it allows you to give up your responsibility for why you're not achieving the success that you want because it's nothing you're doing. It's just happening to you. (laughs) And it keeps you from being able to celebrate your progress because here's that final kicker piece. Because if your brain allowed you to acknowledge that you were making progress and that it was worth celebrating, then your brain knows it's just setting you up for a bigger fall if things don't work out. So it doesn't want you to do that. So it will downplay all of these things like they're no big deal and it's nothing to to notice. Don't look over here. Definitely don't celebrate it. Until my client believed in her business and was clear on the vision that she wanted to achieve, there was no way that her husband could believe or be clear about what she was doing until she acknowledged her progress and her success. Her husband wouldn't see it. So instead of working on a challenge or a social media post, you know, we spent the next few weeks doing the hard work. And I mean, it was hard that allowed her to cultivate a strong belief in herself in her work and in her business. And then together we created a strategy to back that belief with action. The change was immediate. It was apparent. It was definitely palpable. Also, I've always wanted to say palpable in a podcast, (laughs) but she did. She went from treating her business like a hobby to treating it like a business. She went from being a participant in her own business or an employee in her own business to being the CEO. And she did it in her thoughts and in her words and in her actions. She had clarity now. She had confidence. And that was felt by everyone who interacted with her, including her husband. And her husband mirrored it back to her because that's what always happens. Other people around us, nine out of 10 times, They are just a mirror for us to see what we're putting out there. They just reflect back to us what we're putting out there. That's what was happening to my client. So when that changed, what she was putting out there changed the reflection that she got back from her husband changed too. She now found it really easy to communicate and receive the support that she needed from everyone. 
And that allowed our business to move forward in really meaningful ways. In fact, in our first six months together, her business increased by, it was about 75%. She was able to hire an assistant, which was a really big deal for her. And she was asked to contribute to Forbes magazine, which is really exciting. Now, that's a long way from freaking out every single day about sales and promising to burn it all down if it didn't work out today, right? And passing the days with no actions and having no structure to her day, no long-term goals, no clear vision, you know, even not having a shower. Like she was a long way away from that, even though not a lot of time had passed, all because she changed the way that she was thinking about herself. She started with changing herself, her mindset, her beliefs. You know, but more important than the business growth, her marriage strengthened and her husband became one of her biggest advocates. She had contacted me wanting to shut down the business or leave the relationship because that was the only thing she could see when she thought she didn't have control or she wasn't creating in any kind of way what was happening. But when she realized she was, and she did, her options, there were so many options between. Now, look, I am not a therapist, nor do I play one in my life or on TV or in the All in Entrepreneur, and I definitely don't play a therapist on this podcast. So if you're having trouble in any relationship, not just with a romantic partner, but in any relationship... You know, I mean, this happened to be the story of a spouse, but it could be a friend or a sibling, just any dynamic at all. My advice is to seek out a therapist, a relationship counselor, a relationship coach. I mean, that's what I did. That's what I've done many times right throughout my career. But you don't need to have done that or to even be actively doing it right now to first do this. And that's examine your part in it. You can examine your part in it right now because your situations are always a result of your choices. You have chosen many times to do or to not do very many things. And while you can't change other people's actions, you can influence them or you can navigate them by making new choices and taking new actions of your own. So is there someone in your life who you feel is not supportive of your entrepreneur lifestyle? And Now I want you to ask yourself, are you giving them what they need to support you? Much like my client, when we looked at what her husband was seeing, it was no wonder he was working with what he got. So the person that's not supportive in your life, what do they have to work with? What are you giving them? Is there anything that you can do differently to help them understand your business? Now let's turn all of this into some tangible actions because you know that I am not just about the new mindset around something. I'm about doing something about it all because that is what going all in really means to me. But before we do that, I want to introduce you to a new segment. Now I told you at the beginning of the podcast that I came home with a lot of ideas for growth of my business and for this show. And I am going to be restructuring this show over the next few weeks, not in big ways, but just to bring you more things that'll help you grow your business. Now, not just stories and interviews, although those are great, and not just the mindset that everyone has and how they've approached things when they've done bold actions and acted unconventionally, and not just the actions, not even just how you can apply it in your life, but I mean more of you. 
more of each other, more stories from you about how you are doing things, how you all are making things happen, what it means to you to go all in on your business, more chances for you to ask questions of me, to receive coaching, to interact with the other guests, and more ways for you to have your thoughts and your opinions heard by you. And this is one of those new segments. Now, for now, I'm calling it I'm all in. So I'm all in. It's time for you to share your stories about how you have gone all in on your business. So take those chips, push them to the center of the table. It is time to bet on yourself by going all in. Today we hear from Kim. So tell us, Kim, how have you gone all in on your business? Hey, Rita, it's Kim Argetsinger. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a mindset coach and business mentor, and I support heart-centered, passion-driven entrepreneurs who are ready to build, grow, and scale a business they are wildly in love with that also makes them bank. And I got to say, I've been all in on my business from before day one when I put in my two weeks notice at my nine to five, which was more like a nine to 10 PM job because of the industry I was in. And I wanted to make sure I had not only the energy to focus on building my business, but the bandwidth to support coaching clients. And I picked up a bar gig on the weekends to help me, you know, stay out of that desperate needy energy and to pay my New York City rent. And you cannot make this stuff up. To the day that I left my nine to five and opened up the doors for my business, the bar job that I had secured called me to let me know they were out of business as of like right now and I didn't have a job anymore. And I know had I not had the mindset of being all in on my business, it would have been so easy to see that as, I don't know, a sign from the universe or a reason why things were too hard and to want to quit instead of just a reason to dig my heels in and to get solution oriented and to find something, I think within a day and a half that ended up being such a beautiful solution for me as I built my business. So that's just a little, little taste of how going all in can help you to build, grow and scale your own profitable business you love. If you want to learn more about my story, you can find it over my website, kimargetsinger.com. Thanks for having me, Rita. Bye. Kim, thank you for sharing your story with us. You know me. I believe that the power really is in the decision. In fact, I think it was either episode eight or nine with Don Barton where I talked about what it really means to decide, to decide to succeed. But I love that that's what you did. You decided to be successful and you were able to then stay committed because of that decision to that end result because you believed in yourself and you believed in the outcome so that when obstacles like the one that you shared popped up, it did not push you off your path and you were able to still move forward and build your business. I love it. Now, do you want to submit your story of what going all in on your business means for you? All you have to do is submit an audio clip. Now, it can't be longer than one and a half minutes in total, but just submit it to me via email to the team at feedback at com. Don't forget to include your name, your business name, who you help and what you help them with and what going all in on your business means to you. So now let's get back to you. It is a very normal and healthy desire to want your friends and your family and your significant other to support you in what's one of the most exciting endeavors in your life, or it should be, but to be able to get that support, you have to be able to ask for it. And to ask for it, 
You have got to be clear on the support that you really want in a truly tangible way. In other words, like another way of saying this is set your friends, families, and partners up for success. Set them up for success, not failure. And you do that by making the support you need crystal clear, actionable, and tangible. And then align it with the role that they already play in your life. And know that the first step to achieving any support starts with you. Until you believe in your business, until you believe in your vision, until you believe in your abilities, no one else will. Until you acknowledge your progress and your success, others won't. Until you see it, they can't see it. Until you acknowledge it, they can't acknowledge it. Until you really own your business through the way you speak, the way you think, and by treating it like a business, Others aren't going to do that. So let's get to it, shall we? What are these tangible actions that you can take? Number one, take a minute and vocalize the value that you provide, not your title. So for example, instead of, well, I'm a social media manager, you might say, I help e-commerce businesses get found online so that they make a profit and compete against the big box stores. Right, It's that piece, that so that piece that's really crucial because that helps you connect with the results that you provide for others. Not how you get them those results, but the actual results. So hit pause on this podcast. Nobody else will hear you, right? Unless you're in the middle of the store, but that's okay, right? Let's be bold. But hit pause, take a minute and just try to say a sentence or think it in your head about how you would vocalize your value and not your title. Welcome back, because you did it, right? You paused and you did it. (laughs) All right, number two, you already know that we have a tendency to minimize our wins. And so, yeah, we're stopping that right now. I am no longer co-signing on that. (laughs) And you know me, I'm already, I mean, the question people associate with me is, how are you celebrating that? What did you do to celebrate that, right? So, We are going to get really comfortable with celebrating progress and celebrating success openly with our family, with our friends, and with full gratitude. Just know this, okay? Your progress isn't just a little thing. It's definitely not something that just happened. Nothing came out of the blue, right? Celebrating it helps other people see that things are working, and it helps you kick imposter syndrome to the curb. And it's fun, right? So, I mean, why would you not do it? So, again, it's time to pause this podcast while you give someone a quick call or send a quick text or a quick email. Or if you don't know someone to do that, you know, to send that to, then go ahead and send it to me or put it in the All in Entrepreneur Facebook group. Just celebrate with us or the person that you're contacting a goal that you've reached or an action that you've taken, no matter how small to work towards that goal. Now, for everyone who does email me or posts it in the All In Entrepreneur group, I will do a one-minute dance party video for you. (laughs) I promise. Now, number three, let's start treating your business like a business. Is that a deal? Can we do that? (laughs) Now, this can mean waking up earlier. It can mean showering. It can mean getting dressed. It can mean having a dedicated workspace. It can mean not doing personal things on company time. It can mean putting your phone in airplane mode or setting a schedule and honoring it. Now, 
Sure, others will think of what you're doing in a more business-like fashion because of these steps, but really, more importantly, you are going to start seeing yourself as more trustworthy, more credible, more skilled. You're going to feel like more of an authority, right? All of that, isn't that totally worth missing the latest tweet for? Yeah, I think so, right? So pick one thing, just one out of that list I gave you or something else that you come up with, but just one and start doing it tomorrow. And do just that one thing consistently for seven straight days. And then email me or message me or in some way let me know how it goes. And finally, number four, you need to be clear on your vision and your strategy to realize that vision. And you have to communicate it and include the people who matter to you in that vision. You have to help them understand the steps that you're going to be taking to turn that vision into reality and what they can do in a tangible way to support you as you take those steps. That's the piece that can be difficult to just think through on your own. Because, you know, let's be honest, if you knew how to get clear, you'd already be clear, right? So if you struggle with this, then click on the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary clarity call with me. It's exactly what it sounds like, right? On a clarity call, all we're going to do is get you clear on your vision and on what your next goal will be. And we're going to identify the support and the resources that may help you move forward the most towards those things. Now, do know this, I am fully booked for private coaching in 2019, but I am currently signing up clients for 2020. Now, there are two things you need to know. First, my rates go up in 2020. But if you know you want a private coach with me and you sign up in 2019, you will get 2019's rates. All you have to do to secure your spot, if we are a good fit together, is put down a non-refundable, very small deposit to hold your spot. And that will secure 2019 rates. But I do only have five coaching spots for the first six months of 2020 because I don't carry more than 10 private clients at one time. And so if you think that this is something that you want or you may want help or you just want to talk and see what's possible for you, then click on that link and just have a clarity call with me. Either way, you're walking away with some clarity about what to do next. So the link to schedule that call again is in the show notes. Or you can just email me directly at Rita at RitaMamieDoIt.com. Now, I want you to pop a note to me, however is the easiest way for you. So whether that's Facebook Messenger or it's in the All in Entrepreneur or it's at Rita at RitaMamieDoIt.com. But I want you to pop a note to me telling me what you're going to do differently so you can get different support than what you've been getting. And then join me next week for another episode of the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Read and Me Do It show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, Every month, one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamamedoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.